You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Hereford. If you would like to find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. So this morning, I want to talk to you about the favour of God. Um, I'm going to read a story uh, from the Old Testament that doesn't actually mention the favour of God in, in those words, but demonstrates the favor of God towards a guy called Joseph. So we're going to read this uh, chapter together. Uh, so uh, just to give you a background, this, this, we're going to read from Genesis 39 about the story, part of the story of Joseph. I'll just to give you a backstory of that. Joseph was number 11 of 12 sons, the sons of Jacob. Uh, Jacob was a man who walked with God uh, way back in the Old Testament, thousands of years before Jesus came. And God met him, God changed his life, and later on, God changed his name from Jacob to Israel, and his descendants became the people of Israel. Long before they had a land called Israel, they were in that land, that area, living in that area as a family, but they were just an extended family. And uh, Joseph was number 11. He had what, 10 older brothers and one younger brother uh, called Benjamin. And Joseph was the daddy's favorite. Um, this, if you, if you think your family is a bit dysfunctional, read about this family because they were, the things that went on were ridiculous. And one of the ridiculous things, he had a favorite son out of his 12 and he gave him the multicolored coat uh, to just show. All his other sons, this is my favorite. So, uh, so one day when they're out here in the fields, his other 10 brothers, 10 older brothers, looking after sheep and goats, the father sends Joseph to check on them, see what they're doing. And so, because, because they don't like him, obviously, now, they take the opportunity and sell him to some slave traders that are passing by going on their way to Egypt. And we pick up the story in chapter 39 when he's arrived in Egypt uh, with these slave traders. So we're going to read from chapter 39, uh, the whole chapter, this story. I want to say this is the most important part of the whole sermon because we're going to read the Bible. And so God can speak to you now so don't do what I usually do when we read the Bible uh, on the, in a sermon. You think, I know this story. I want to hear what Tim says about it. No, God can speak to you now through this story into your situation. And that could be the most important thing. You could be zoned out for the rest of the preach. Um, if God's spoken to you, that's okay. If you're just asleep because I've gone on too long, well, I'm not sure how good that is, but... but Let's pray that God speaks to us through his word as we read it. Father, thank you that your word, your Bible, is anointed. It's, you wrote it, and uh, you can speak to us through it every time, even through the stories we've uh, read before many times. And so we ask, as we read this, you speak to us. And if there's anything you want me to add through what I say, speak to us again, Father. Open my mouth to speak what you want me to say in Jesus' name. We'd read this in group last week, um, and so it'll be familiar to uh, 
our life group. So, I'm reading from the NIV. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favour in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well built and handsome, and after a while his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could you do such a wicked thing? Sorry, how then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. When she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand, and had run out of his of the house, she called her household servants. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. She kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. Then she told him this story. That Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favour in the eyes of the prison warder. So the warder put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warder paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care, because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. I think we can see the favour of God on Joseph in what he did. So when we talk about favour, another word is grace, uh, or what we prefer, what we favour. Uh, we often use grace or favour as God's unmerited goodness or kindness that he shows us. Unmerited goodness and kindness. Now, favour or grace in the Bible has lots of meanings, lots of applications. Uh, for instance, by grace we are accepted as his children, his sons and daughters. But today I want to talk about grace or favour, I'm going to use that word favour, as God's given ability to do something successfully. 
his ability given to us to do something successfully. So what can we see from this story? A few points. Firstly, Joseph may have been really clever. He may have been really hardworking and diligent. But the favour and the success was not due to that. The Bible is clear. It says it's because God was with him. It was beyond natural expectation. Secondly, God's favour and success doesn't necessarily mean to us easy times or personal promotion. Just when he thought it couldn't get worse, it got worse. But it says that God was with him. God was always with him. Gloria, God was with you when you got that diagnosis. And God was with you when you got the all clear. God is with us. God, it, it, being, God being with us and God's favour on us doesn't mean to say times will be easy. Thirdly, God's favour and success to us brings blessings to those around us. We're here to bless the world. They benefit from... The, they, Potiphar's house and the, the warden in the jail benefited from the blessing that was on Joseph. Fourthly, people may notice the success and the favour we have. They may take advantage of that, just as uh, Potiphar did. They may even recognise that God is in that, that it's from God, as Potiphar did. He recognised that, that God was with him and gave him success. But that doesn't necessarily mean they want to seek God or follow him or hear him. It doesn't say that Potiphar or the warden worship God because of what they saw. That's a heart issue. People are much more interested often than success, than, than the source of that success, which is God. And lastly, Joseph had to work. It wasn't a magical thing. He, he, what he put his hand to, what he worked at, God gave him success. But he had to do it. Now, something we always ask you know, when we read the Bible in our group, we ask uh, some questions. They're always the same questions. What does this story tell us about God? And I'm going to give one answer. It tells us that God gives us favour. Favours us with success. That's his desire. He wants us to, to give success. That means that blessing and success in what we do, it doesn't mean to say, as we've seen, that life's easy and, uh, and we get promotion every time. It doesn't mean that. What does this story tell... The other, other question we always ask is, what does this story tell us about people? Well, there's lots of things about people in there. What does it tell us about us? I think it tells us that each one of us has a gift from God. Each one of us has a, been given a gift from God to bring success and blessing. So, you think, oh, maybe you think, maybe it's only Joseph. Just let's read in the New Testament. Ephesians 4 verse 7 says this, But to each one of us, favour was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Each one of you, you and me, we've all been given favour from God, from the gift of God. Amen? 
That, that's everybody. Some of you feel I'm not sure, but that's what God says. He has given, he has his favour, which means many things, but one of the things that it means is that areas that God makes us successful to bring blessing. And we'll also read Romans 12, uh, verse 4 to 6. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the favour given to each one of us. Each one of us has been given favour from God, which means many things, including that we are accepted by God. We are sons and daughters of God, but with that favour comes gifts. A couple of words here, uh, just to tell you what they uh, are in the original Greek that it was written in. One is charis, which means grace or favour. And the other is charisma. I don't know how you say it in Greek. That's where we get our word charisma. And that means a gift. So charis is grace, charisma is a gift. Literally translated, it should be a gift of grace. Something given to us, an ability given to us, a gift given to us, unmerited from God. It's not because we earned it. It's not because we deserved it. God gave us a, each a gift. Okay? Hand up if God has given you a gift. If you haven't got your hand up, you should have. God has given us all, each one of us, a gift because he favours us. And what does this gift of his, uh, his favour look like? And it looked like many different things. It can look like uh, your natural gift. So we sometimes talk about natural gifts and spiritual gifts, but they're all from God. All our abilities are from God. Sometimes it looks like an extension of our natural gifts and abilities. Is there, is there some things that you do and you, and you are even, and people are surprised at the results? You think, how did they manage that? Or even you are surprised that it worked. Anybody ever experienced that? Where you thought, that, that went really well. How did that happen? I had a conversation the other day with somebody and uh, I, I was thinking, well, I'm not sure how this is going to go. And uh, it went really well. It went really well and the person was really pleased and happy and went away different. And I thought, how did that happen? And it was because God was with me. I recognised that. Do you find sometimes you have faith for something where most people don't have faith? Yeah? It might be in many areas. And I'm not talking just about spiritual areas. But that's because God has favoured you. God is with you in certain things. I'll give you some examples. I've, I've listened to people, evangelists, preaching. Uh, and you think, and then at the end they'll say, right, I'm going to make it, it makes appeal for anybody who wants to follow Christ. He wants to make that decision right now to follow Jesus. And I'm, you've thought, do you know what? I just don't think that was very clear. It wasn't very well explained. I don't think anybody can respond. And they make the appeal and loads of people respond. And you think, I could do a better job of that. 
Well, no, I'll explain it a lot better, a lot clearer, so that when people, uh, <clears throat> when I make an appeal and people respond, more will respond, and they don't. Some people have a gift. They have a gift. So evangelists, they have a gift that when, when they make that appeal to, for people to respond, people go, yes. So I heard a guy called Larry Tomzak. He preached. He preached a long time at a Bible week. Um, I didn't preach the gospel. I had no idea what he was talking about. Uh, and then he just said, if anybody wants to follow Christ, get out of your seats now, run to the front. There was no gospel preached, and they ran. They ran to the front. It was just something beyond the natural uh, uh, preaching ability, the natural gift. It was a, 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 a favor of God. Tim Pitcher has a gift of God to lead worship. When he started, first time, he stand up, he played a song, then he played the next one, and then he played the next one, and then he finished. Didn't say anything in between, but we, we entered into the presence of God. We entered into the presence of God. And uh, sometimes I, I know that in those days he didn't even prepare that well. But God came. Is that true? It's true. And you know what? For those that you really try hard, it's not fair, is it? It's not fair. He does prepare. He works very hard now. It's not an excuse. But it's not fair because it's God's choice. It's not because it's not because of anything Tim earned. God has given a gift to people, and we all have been given gifts. And to everybody else, it's not fair. But that's choosing. God's choosing. Rob Breeze, um, is Rob here? Not here today, I don't think. Rob Breeze used to work at the church. He used to do loads of the practical things. Uh, when we, when we uh, sorted the outback out and made it into a sports hall, we, di- we bought these dividers like you get in um, sports centres. And, um, and we said, what we need is one of those big curtains that you have in the sports centre that you can push back and forward. And they hang down. They're really expensive. And so he said, oh, I, I know a friend of mine. He works in this uh, leisure centre in Ludlow. I'll give him a ring, see where he got it. Rang him. He said, oh, we've just changed that. We've got an old one. You can have it for a small donation. That happened with Rob time and time again. That kind of thing, time and time again. He would just find the, find the thing. Find the, that is a gift from God. It, the coincidences that happened were beyond natural ability. He has natural ability in that area, but his, he had a, a favor from God to find those things. So it's not just in, ch- in churchy things and spiritual things, it's practical things. Some people have gifts of, of making money, uh, of, of seeing the b- of business ideas and plans. It's a favor of God. Yes, we have natural gifts, but it's a favor of God. Andrew White, who leads... Uh, our Ross congregation has a, a fantastic gift with people. He can talk to anybody of any age and they open up to him. I remember one time he came, he, the first time he'd spoken to a couple um, who I'd spoken to loads of times. And he said, oh, did you know about this that they're going through and this? And they just opened up to him. Now that's part of his personality, part of who he is, but there's a, I believe there's a gift of God from there, just a favor from God. That's beyond the normal. 
So do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you have a gift and you think, how did that happen? I don't know. Has it just worked? Because God's favour is on you. I want to read a verse uh, that really has helped me. It's 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10. It says this. By the favour of God, I am what I am. And his favour to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the favour of God that was with me. So I'm going to draw a few things out of this verse. First, we need to have faith in the favour that God has got on us. We need to trust that he is faithful. Sometimes I, I stand up here at the front and comes into, or whatever I do, I'm thinking, doing stuff for God, and I have this doubt in my mind, is God really with me? Have I been good enough? Have I prayed enough? Does anybody ever feel that? Is God really with me? The Bible says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Do you know what? If, if he was with us because we've prayed enough or been good enough, then he's never with us. But he's promised to be with us. So we need to, we need to uh, believe our faith and doubt our doubts and attack our doubts and throw them out because there is one that accuses us all the time. The devil. God is with me. God is with me. He's, Paul said, by the favour of God or the grace of God, I am what I am. I am not what I'm not. I am what I am. God has made me who I am. That's been a struggle for me. You know, we all have things we're good at. We all have things that we're not good at. And there's also things that we might struggle with. We might struggle with our health, our physical, physicality. We might struggle with emotional or mental struggles we have in our minds. There might be social things. But we have this range of gifts and we have lacks. Yeah? Anybody got no lacks? If you put your hand up, I might have said humility. Personally, I think it's one of my strong points. We all have this mixture of uh, strengths and weaknesses. But God has made us who we are with strengths as well as weaknesses. And we need to thank God for that. But don't we just want all the gifts that we haven't got and the strength that somebody else has got? Don't we want those? I do. I want those. And so this, spoke, this really spoke to me some while ago. That God has made me who I am. I am who I am. By the grace of God. Not by the mistake of God. Or by the, the, the feather of the devil. No, by the grace of God. He's made me who I am. And so, what about the, the lacks? When we're weak, we're strong. But God has given us some strengths. And we need, to, we need to be grateful and operate in those gifts, not try and be somebody else. You are the best one to be you. You're the be Dave, you are the best person in the whole world of being Dave Bazant. 
And if you try to be somebody else, you will always be second best. You'd be actually rubbish at it, not second best. One of the things that I've struggled with all my life is uh, a lack of self-esteem and self-worth and just comparing myself with other people. It's a battle I have to fight, um, but I'll fight it. And so low self-esteem tells you you haven't got any gift. You're always going to be mediocre, and that will hinder you. But let's be content with who we are. God has made us who we are. We're all different. We're all different. We're introverts, we're extroverts, we're intelligent, we're physical, whatever. God has given us different gifts, but he's given us them for a purpose. And sometimes he just gives us this grace on top where it all works somehow. Be content with who you are and don't compare with others. That's a killer. The other thing that I think is a real killer is when it becomes all about me, all about you. The gift is not for you. It's to bless others around you. It says we're one body and we belong to one another. So if we're independent, it's all about me and my ministry, then you, I'm not saying God won't use you, I'm just saying you're on the wrong track. It's about being part of the body, being that uh, part of the machine that makes the whole thing work. Nobody's got it all together, but together we've got it all, as somebody once said. And the other thing that I draw from this is, we need to work hard. Paul said, I worked harder than all of them, but God's grace working in me. When you're in that gift that is yours, you can work hard, but you don't get drained in that way. But we have to work at our gift. We have to work. It's not magic. You just stand around and everything happens around you. God gives you success and blessing in what you do. You need to work. And so, what I re- the, the, the core of the message I want to say is that God has favoured each one of you to be successful in the area that is given to you so that you have success and it blesses others. And God is with you in his uh, favour whatever situation you're in. Whether, as Dave said, you feel in a dark tunnel. Just think of Joseph. He went from being a slave to a prisoner. But God was with him. God is with you to bring you success wherever you are. Whatever situation you are. That's really the core of the message. Is let, us, let us believe the favour of God on us and cast out the lies that the devil sends that we have no gift, no favour, no place. We're not important to God. Whether, whether we stand on the stage or, or stand at the back or wherever, whatever we do, we have a, a gift from God that brings blessing to the body and we have the favour of God to do that successfully. The, another question we always ask when we read the Bible in our group is there something for me to respond to in this Bible story? Because um, Jesus told us uh, 
Jesus told his disciples, teach them to obey everything I've commanded. So the Bible is not just to learn, it's to do. So the question is, and it's for each one of you, I can't answer it for you. Is there something for me to respond to out of this message, out of this story? Maybe it is up to you, but I'll give you a few ideas because that's what preachers do. They answer your questions. They answer their own questions. Maybe you need to just stop believing the lie that you don't have favour with God. Sometimes I tell, I say to, I say to my youngest daughter Natasha, "Don't tell Gabriella this, but you're my favourite." And sometimes I tell Gabriella, "Don't tell Natasha this, but you're my favourite." Of course, they're sisters. What sister could resist telling their sister that they're the favourite? So they both know. Do you know, I don't know if you see, I don't know if it's in the book or in the film of the shack, uh, where this guy's talking to, talking to God, has this conversation with God over several days, and various times um, uh, they're talking about somebody, maybe a relative or a friend, and God says, oh, that's that's one of my particular favourites, my particular favourite sons." And after a while, you realise he says it about everybody. And he says, "Look at the man asks, is there any one of them that are not one of your particular favourites?'" God says, "Haven't found one yet. Haven't found one yet. We are favourites of God. We are favourites of God. We are favoured by God. Let's throw out the lie that we're not favoured by God." This whole story with Joseph, right at the beginning of it, before I read, started with Joseph having a dream, several dreams, in which he was always the, um, always the top guy uh, over his brothers, over his, even his father and mother. Uh, and uh, from that time, it seemed to go the opposite way. But later in the story, we see that Joseph became second in command in the whole of Egypt in a time of famine, of, of plenty and famine. And uh, you see that God was in control all the way through this sorry story to the good ending. He was all the way through in control. But um, I just want to say maybe you've had a dream and it feels like it's died. You think maybe, maybe it's never going to happen. You know, I used to dream that I was going to score the winning goal for England in the World Cup final. <laughs> that dream wasn't from God. I'm talking about dreams from God. And I can't say whether your dreams from God or not. What I find is the ones that from God stick with you. They won't let you go. But sometimes in the in the slavery, in the prison that we seem to be going through, it feels like it's lost forever. But we can't lose those dreams. If that's from God, it's not up to you how to work it out. It's God. God will work it out. So if that's your response, you may be to say, God, I'm going to believe that dream again. It's in your control. And I want to ask this question. Do you know what favour God 
has given you. Sometimes God gives uh, favour or ability for a season. Sometimes it's a gift that you have for your whole life. There was a season I used to lead worship, a long time ago now, uh, and I felt gave, God gave me the ability. But there's a time came when I felt, no, I think that season's end. And I stopped. That's fine. God gives the ability, uh, favor for seasons, but some things are for life. Do you know what favor God has given you? So we're gonna, I'm going to finish there. But I just want to give them time. I'm just going to pray and ask God to come and uh, speak to us. God to come and uh, speak to each one of us in the heart to say, what is my response to what this story tells us about God's favour? So let's just, uh, let's just wait on God. Let's each one of us hear God. I want to thank you for this story. Thank you, this is real. It's not a fairy tale, but it is true. And you're with Joseph. And uh, I want to pray for, I just want to pray for those that um, just feel that they don't have faith from God, they don't have faith from you, that you would speak to them. God is saying to you, you're my favorite. Son, daughter, you're my favorite. Father, I pray that you would um, heal the hearts where people were told or got the idea they were not loved, not favored in their family, in their situation, in whatever situation they were. I pray that you would speak your faith. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you for you here. Holy Spirit, pray that you would speak. Speak to dreams, resurrect dreams that have died, and speak to what it is your favour is on each one of us, that we know what it is your blessing at this time and in our life. Come Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts, we're open.
Okay, I'm going to finish there, except to say, uh, when, when, you, when we're finished, uh, just think, please think, who do you see in here and you see God's favour on them for, for anything? It might be whatever gift, I'm not going to give examples. But if you think, do you know, on that person I see that God's given us favour for, dot, dot, dot. Can you go to them and say, encourage them and say, I see that God's given you favour for. Encourage one another. I was asking God if to show me some specific things, and that's all he said. It's, it's evident. Share with one another what favour you see on others. Um, let's do that. I just want to say the only other thing that I thought God speak to me is I believe there might be someone here that has a problem with your left ear, and I'd love to pray for you. And God wants to heal something that's going on in your left ear. God bless you. God's favour is on you. May you live in that this week. In Jesus' name.